You're listening to Bro Down Podcast all fucking day. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bro Down Podcast. I'm Andy Smith. And I'm a cardboard cutout. And this is Fight Recap. We're going to be going over the UFC Fight Night 176, Overeem versus Harris. Because yeah. UFC is in full swing again. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it, man. I like the fact that they're that they're doing it as safely as possible. Yeah, I know. Do you, real quick before we get into the fights, you know what's weird? Mm. They, they had three fights in eight days, and we're not getting another one in, until June, June 6th. Really? Yeah. And it's going to be a pay-per-view. Unless they pull something like they did last time, and they just quickly throw matches together, and just, yeah, haven't announced them yet. That might be a possibility. I guess. I guess it's it's two weeks without fight, or I guess three weeks without fights. Um, yeah, I, it might be because uh, they had an opportunity in Jacksonville to set these up real quick, and maybe they were only allowed to do it at that venue for that. I don't, I don't know, but oh yeah, I'm, maybe they were just trying to pump out as many as they can. Yeah, I'm glad that they that they did that. I mean, all these fighters too, you know, they got to prep and everything, and they got to schedule it all. So maybe they just uh, they're doing it. Maybe they're going to do that thing where they just pump out like three or four in two weeks, and then take a break for two or three weeks. No, that's not a bad idea because. It seems like everyone, like the whole crew, was down there for the entire week, and like no one went anywhere. So maybe that's how they're handling it. Maybe well, that's it's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like all these guys got to like put their shit aside, get on, you know, leave their families and you know quarantine and all that. So maybe maybe it's a better way to do it. Yeah, actually, that's really smart. Now that we're talking this out. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. Okay, so the first fight up that we had was uh, Matt Brown versus Miguel Beza. Beza. Um. It was it was funny because my one buddy was <clears throat> putting in like five dollar bets on the on the uh, the one of those betting apps, yeah. and he kept asking me like who to bet on him. I said, "Listen, dude, I'm like number one, don't bet on anybody that I like. Because, you know, <laughs> don't take my advice on anyone I like because I'm like it skews the shit out of my fucking odds." But then I said, "You know, just let me know what the odds are, and I'll let you know if it's a good bet to take." And he told me that Matt Brown was a was a big underdog in this. I was like, "Dude, you can't ever count Matt Brown out." I'm like that dude's a savage. So when the fight started, Matt Brown almost almost finished him in the yeah. first round, yeah. and he got cocky and then got caught himself. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. And then, um, you know, he was just getting pieced up. I mean, Matt Brown's almost 40 years old. I think Miguel was 27. So yeah, he's young. Yeah, it was just for for Matt to have that kind of performance against such a young, talented dude. I thought it was it was pretty impressive. It's not like he got blown out of the water. I mean, he almost finished the guy. So, uh, but it did, it was a little shitty to see Matt get, get stopped like that. I mean, uh, when I saw the replay though, they, the guy missed with the follow-up punch mm-hmm. and I was just like, Oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> cause I thought he went out cold, but he didn't, he got knocked down. He was definitely on queer street, but he, uh, he was not out cold. So yeah, uh, my buddy lost that bet, but like, like you said before though, it was cool to see such a young guy beat a legend like Matt Brown and be completely humble about it. Yeah. It's funny because they were talking about him. Before, I forget which announcer said it, but they were talking about him and how he is like, not just humble, but like he's shy about his own skill. They were saying that if you interview him, you like, he down talks himself, not in like a polite way, like, in a like, I suck. Like, I can't believe like they're making me fight. Like I'm not going to win this kind of thing. And like, it was to the point where whoever was interviewing was like, dude, you got to like give yourself some props here. And he's undefeated. So like, yeah. like, he was like humble after the fact. I think it was like him being surprised he could actually do it more than anything else. 
Well, that, so, it, and, it, yeah, it's refreshing though. It, it's it, f- yeah. Cause go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're right. It is refreshing because every other guy is basically coming out being like, I'm the best. I'm going to be a world champion and no one can stop me. Here's this guy like kicking rocks being like, I suck. I'm going to fail. Yeah, it's crazy how people have different approaches to it. It's almost like some guys have to um, convince themselves that they're good. Whereas this guy, I mean, maybe he's saying that because it takes the pressure off of him. Yeah, maybe. Cause like if you if you it's like almost like Babe Ruth pointing to the to the back stands like he's gonna hit a home run it's like now you better hit one but if you don't say that it's like if you hit a home run it's like cool but there's no pressure to hit the home run yeah you know yeah yeah there's no pressure but I mean you're still fighting yeah exactly oh, no but you know what I'm saying it's added pressure but yeah it was yeah, really yeah, cool yeah. to see a young guy like that especially with a guy like Matt Brown to to throw him some respect so it was a cool fight it was definitely um, main card worthy even though it wasn't on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I think. That's why they put it the last card on the prelims yeah. for everyone that doesn't have a, a ESPN fight pass. But um, all right, next up we had uh, Song Yudong versus Marlon Vera, and this is where it started getting weird. <laughs> okay, so um, I don't know how much you were like. I know you said you were watching the fights and you 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 had some other stuff going on, so you weren't really like scoring them until like later in the card, but. Song Yudong did not, I don't think he won this fight. Like, it was one of those where I was I was pretty much watching most of this fight. I wasn't too distracted through it. Yeah. But again, like, sometimes when you're watching the fight, you're forgetting to score it because you're just trying to watch the fight. Yeah. It's a weird thing where, like, if you don't go in with that agenda, it's hard to tell sometimes. But this was one of those ones where Song Yudong did not think he won. Marlon Vera was very confident that he won. And usually, you know, Everyone's confident that they won, but this was pretty, in my opinion, I was like, oh, this is kind of an easy one to judge. And they gave it to Song Yudong, I think unanimously. Yeah, it wasn't a split decision. It was a unanimous thing. So and all I, three judges yeah. disagreed with like the rest of the nation. And I was just like, wait a minute. I'm like, that's fucked up. I'm like, who are these judges? And I, I didn't hear the names of the judges. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, it was, it was to the point where it was almost like, uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was that bad. Like, oh. even through when the next fight started, I'm like, I hope this isn't like, is going to be like what is to come for all the decisions on the rest of this card. Boy, was I right or wrong. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it was a great performance by, because I think Song Yudong is a 22 year old, you know, he's a really hot prospect and all this stuff. And Marlon Vera was a pretty big underdog. So, you know, it, I don't I don't know what the judges were looking at, but they weren't looking at what I was looking at. I'd have to go back and rewatch the fight just to make sure, but I would I did not think that Song Yudong won that fight. Yeah, uh, I, I I actually agree with you. This was one of the fights that I was like popping in and out, so I didn't like stare at the screen the entire time. Mm-hmm. But from what I did see, you're right. Song Yudong did not win that match by any clear margin whatsoever. So no, this is like the time old tale. Like what the fuck are the judges talking about? Yeah, it was closely contested. And and the issue that I had was with the, um, I think Marlon Vera took him down. If this is the fight, I remember correctly, like several times. And it was a pretty even a couple rounds that were pretty, pretty even, if not Vera had been getting the better, but with the takedowns, it's like that, that counts. And these judges have to understand that that counts. Like, yeah. it counts. It's part of the sport. Um, so, yeah. Um, any other final thoughts on this fight? Nope. Next. Oh, next. Um, we had Dan Ige versus Edson Barbosa. Another one 
what the fuck? Another one. Another one. <laughs> DJ Khaled up in this bitch. Um, so Edson, I thought, clearly won that fight. Even the announcers were saying, like, he's up two rounds to nothing, like, pretty handedly. And in the third round, it was pretty close. But then Dan got a takedown and didn't really do much with it. And Edson basically was so confident that he won the first two rounds, he kind of just wrote it out. Yeah, yeah. And then, which, which makes sense because if you're on your feet, yeah, if you're confident you won the first two rounds, you're not going to be, you don't want to risk uh, getting a knockout. Yeah, you could be yeah. out when you're on the ground, but Barbosa is so good that with his defense that I don't think that that was really an issue for him. So if he was able to stall as long as he could, that's absolutely a fair tactic. Yeah, and there wasn't that much time left in the round, and it was a pretty competitive round, too. It wasn't like he was getting blown out or anything like that, but I thought Edson clearly got the better of Dan in the first two rounds. I thought it was very clear, you know, in in pretty much in all aspects. Yeah. And uh, when they read the cards, I was like, I I think this, was this one a split decision? Yeah. uh, I know Angela Hills was a split decision. I think okay, this, this one, one might have been. I can't remember. This one might have been unanimous as well. I, uh, I don't. I, I can't remember. But I just remember being like, "What the fuck?" And I texted my my one buddy. I'm like, "What is going on with these judges?" I'm like, "This is this is ridiculous." Like, what were they watching? And there's no crowd. There's no anything. Other distractions in there. Like, get the fuck off Candy Crush and pay attention to the fights. <laughs> I, I just, you it, know, it really does make you wonder, like, what they're watching. Like, are they truly watching the entire match the entire time? Is it like the angle that fucks them up? Like, do they not get to see everything, and that's the problem? First of all, it's Florida. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But the thing is, with with these judges, I think it's just a lot. It's an incompetence thing. They they don't know. They, they don't. don't know what they're watching, and they don't know how to judge what they're watching. So they're they're basically looking at it like, you know, I don't know how to score this fight, so I'm just going to no- I'm going to based off of what I know. And that might be boxing or whatever. But it was just I I don't know. I have nothing nothing good to say about the judging on last night's card. Nothing yeah. at all. So from an entertainment point of view, this was an excellent fight. Oh, but, hell, yeah. But you're right. It it was disappointing the outcome. Yeah, and it you know you could say don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Well, you, you know it's it's hard to finish every fucking fight, um, dude. If it was that easy, yeah, it's not it's not that easy. Like. No. <laughs> um. So yeah, this was and you, you think about all the time and especially with everything going on, like to ha- to win a, a a thing where the even the commentators who I believe everyone but one of the commentators is is a professional fighter. Like yeah. Michael Bisping was a world champ. Uh, Dan Fel- or uh, Paul Felder is top contender. Like they know what they're watching and they were basically saying like Edson is walking away with this. And then they have to now pretend when they go in there. Cause the only person that like, I think would call it out would be probably Rogan, but now they have to go in there and just basically interview the guy and not say like, this is bullshit. Cause they don't want to, <laughs> st- they don't want to steal his thunder, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You, yeah. You don't want to make him feel bad for something that wasn't his fault. Yeah. And then moving on, we had Claudia Gadea versus Angela Hill. Do you know what was weird about this match? What? The judges didn't score this properly. I know. (laughs) So strange for this card, for the judges to fuck it up. Again. Like, I didn't even, I I didn't see a lot of the early prelims or the er, like early ones on the card. Like, I I wasn't paying attention enough to to have a complaint about those. Yeah. But for these, it was like, what, what is going on here? And then they got the split decision and 
excuse me. It was like, what? Like, I don't understand what the fuck is happening. Like, I don't know. I I would like to go back and see if they use all the same three judges or they use different judges for each fight. I don't know. But it was, I, I don't know. I have no words. I have no words for, for any of these. They got three of them wrong. Yeah. How, how can you do that? I don't know. And when there's three judges, one of them was a split decision. All right. So at least one person had it right in our eyes. But that yeah. means eight times out of nine, they've decided this wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's some fights that are so close that you're like, okay, like, I get it. Like, some yeah. guys thought, thought he edged him in this round. The other guy edged him in that round. But there's been fights where, you know, one guy clearly wins one round and one judge, ha- two judges have it the other way. And you're like, how did both of those guys see that way? Yeah. Like, maybe we should have five judges or something. Dude, so that way, I, if there's one guy that differs, it's like, you have to now go and explain yourself. Like, just I, give him the I, microphone. And we, we've we talked about this yeah. before. I'd, ra- I'd rather see more competent judges than have just more oh, people. Because 100%. I, I, I think you're just going to be amplifying the problem. I think you're going to have five people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. 100%, dude. So... Now, let's move on to the final round where we didn't need the judges. Uh, Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris. Dude, now, this was an emotional bro, roller coaster. Bro. First off, what an amazing fight. Dude, I was... Okay, so let's start with... Let's start off with from the beginning here. This is Walt Harris's first comeback fight since the tragic loss of his, of his stepdaughter. Um, you know, everything leading up to this everything that they were showing it like really like like i was watching it and like people that don't watch fights yeah like we're getting him like basically like everyone was like let's not talk like <laughs> nobody talk like we're gonna listen to what's going like it was like a drama tv series type of like thing where like they're watching a like a like a, a documentary on some serious shit which is crazy because you know it's it's a like uh it's MMA. Yeah, it's it's a, it's it was a captivating thing for all the right and wrong reasons about cuz it was a tragic thing, but I'm glad that it's getting um attention put on it and at least his story is getting out there and you know, he's able to express himself because a lot of this stuff when it happens a lot of times like nobody knows about it, nobody hears about it. It's like you kind of feel like maybe the person's getting forgotten about. And this was like the perfect platform to basically like, you know, put his story out there and just so that like people know it and they know what kind of a, of a person she was and, and all that stuff. I, th- I think I thought they did a really good job, um, like honoring her throughout the whole card. Yeah, I agree. I think they they highlighted it enough. They they gave it everyone's like a huge amount of respect. Um and it was somehow like the focus, but not the focus at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that they gave it its due diligence. Every like, it it was nice to see. And then when it was time for the fights, we were there for the fights. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the. It. I think it was like the perfect amount of like, everyone handled it perfectly. Like yeah. there was it, it. It was just spectacular. So, another thing I thought was fucking awesome is Alistair Overeem, the Demolition Man, known for being like nice guy you know, has had his beefs with guys in the past and everything like that. But Mm -hmm. when the fight started, he walked over to Harris when he walked in the cage and gave him a hug. Yeah. Yeah. Like to see that, like two guys that are heavyweights that are probably could both knock out a horse are about to just throw down in a cage. And 
they're basically like Overeem is basically like giving him a hug, showing like a huge sign of respect for him. Just even going in the cage after all that stuff happened. So I thought that was really cool to see because it's you don't see that very often. Like just randomly guys going and hugging everything like that. Like it, it was such a weird, surreal thing that everyone knew the gravity of Walt Harris's return and nobody was taking it lightly, including the guy he was about to fight. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of weird in like a nice way to see like two monsters of human beings hugging it out and then immediately afterwards being like, all right, let's beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And I, th- I think it would probably be extremely therapeutic for Walt Harris to, to go through this and continue his career. So oh, yeah. first round, fucking Alistair Overeem, first of all, Walt Harris impressed me with how he handled himself through most of this fight. But goddamn, Alistair Overeem scares the shit out of me every time he fights, because as soon as he gets touched, he usually goes down. And I thought he was going to get knocked out. Like, I literally was going, no, 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 no. The whole time after Walt caught him and he was on the ground, because one, most of those shots back in the day would would have just put him out. And he fucking crafty veteran just figured out a way to to hold on and hang in there. And he made it through. Yeah, dude, this is one of those instances, like, part of me, because I wanted Harris to win. So, like, I was doing the reverse of you. I was yelling, call it, call it, call it, call it. Like, I wanted the ref to stop the match so bad, even though it would have clearly been too early. Yeah. Right. Overeem, he had, like, this beautiful, like, stand-up. Like, he, like, timed it. I I can't describe it, but he got up perfectly. And from there on, it was his match. Yeah. he's, He's probably one of the most experienced fighters in the UFC and not only is he probably the best striker in the heavyweight division, if not one of the top strikers. And he has been for years, like K one level kickboxing. Like he's so crafty the way that he like, uh, picks up on tells, you know, sets up his shots. And he's also like a fucking awesome grappler. Like he knows how to like his takedown defense is awesome. And he knows how to get up and the way that he got up, it was, you know, Obviously, he's in the in the fire, right? He's yeah. got thrown right into the fire in that fight. And the best thing that could have happened was he took he took Harris's back and he got him he got him down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, someone was saying that early on. I think it was uh, Bisping. He was saying that if uh, Overeem was going to win this fight, it was going to be on the ground. So he said that if he was Overeem, his strategy would be to find a way to get him to the ground as quick as possible. Yeah, which he ended up being right about. I mean, he got him to the ground by kicking him in the face. Yeah, but he got him to the ground <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I thought when the second round started, I'm like, okay, Harris is uh, is really tired. That's like, what I thought too. Just from being that big of a human being and thinking that you had Overeem hurt and you dumped a lot of your gas tank trying to finish him, and then he doesn't get finished. And then now he's on top of you and he's just smothering you, hitting you, not letting you breathe, allowing you to get kind of up and then dragging you back down, making you go back up. Like Overeem played that perfectly with trying to get him exhausted, right? He'd let him get up a little bit and then pull him back down, let him get up a little bit, pull him back down. And then in the second round, you know, Walt was a little bit, you know, he gained a little bit, but after the first exchange, he took like a real deep breath. And I was like, Overeem should shoot for a takedown here. Like he should shoot for a takedown because he clearly has the grappling advantage. Yeah. And then when he hit him with that head kick and got him to the ground, I was like, oh shit. But then something that was like very not Overeem like happened. And I have a tremendous amount of respect and I'm going off my gut feeling on this. 
every other time, if Overeem has somebody in the position that he had Walt Harrison in, in the second round, you're you're losing childhood memories. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna cave your fucking head in, and he didn't do that to Walt Harris. Like he basically got into a dominant position, and everyone's like, "Oh, there's no need to you know to to, to do that." But it's a it's a fight. Anything can happen. Walt could have sprawled and got back up. Just it, it has happened, and then Overeem gets knocked out. But if you look at that, the end of that fight when he's got him fully mounted on the back and he's got him spread sprawled out and there's like two or three minutes left in the fight he's hitting him but he can unload Overeem wasn't really breathing that heavy and he's just like hitting him enough to keep him there until the ref basically calls it it was a huge risk in my opinion to to just hit him enough to just wait for the ref because it it went on for a while that was my thought too. I think it went on longer than Overeem anticipated too. Yeah, because I even I thought that that probably should have been called a little bit earlier. Because yeah, um, Harris was defending himself. But that's all he could do. All he could do was put up his arms and like wait for which direction the punch was coming from. Yeah, there he, had to be like twenty five unanswered blows. Yeah, ex- exactly. So how long can you do that before you, you call the match? I thought it was a little bit too long. Not that he was taking a tremendous, like you said, he wasn't taking a tremendous amount of damage, but like Overeem would give him like a couple head strikes and like look around and be like, dude. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> and the thing is too, is that it was in one of the worst positions. It's not like he had him turtled up or something where he could, he had him sprawled out with his hooks in. Like that's one of the worst positions to be in. And especially he- with a 250 pound man on your back. Yeah. Like, and it's he wasn't doing anything. He yeah. he was just he was you know he was exhausted, dude. Like yeah, he, he, he caught in a bad position. And um, Overeem, like the only reason he didn't take tremendous amounts of damage was because Overeem was, I think, in, from what it looked like to me, he was pulling his punches. He was going lighter so that he didn't have to just cave this guy's head in who just had everything he knew what he went through, and he was basically trying. to he was risking his own health and safety and victory by not just putting a fucking hammer down on this dude. Like, that's what it looked like to me is that he, he was basically doing it as a sign of like respect of being like, listen, I'm I'm not going to just destroy this guy here after everything that happened. So I'm just going to do enough to get, to get the stoppage. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's correct, but I like the theory, so I'm fucking going with it too. Well, like I said, dude, I've seen most of Alistair's fights, yeah, almost yeah. all his fights, and every other time he has somebody in that position, he he is breaking your fucking skull. He is he is whipping shots in there to end your fucking life, or to to get you to go unconscious. And what he was doing with Walt, he had him. You could tell he wasn't really torquing the punches. He was just doing. Enough to where they were effective. They were powerful punches. I'm sure they hurt like a motherfucker, but it wasn't the kind of punches that Overeem, I don't think, would have normally thrown. And as soon as they called the fight, no celebration. Immediately just, you know, embraced Walt, had some words with him, and then after saw he was okay and everything, then he got up. So yeah, it was it was a very interesting fight. It was uh, definitely emotional to see Walt not win. Um, and what did you think about the end of the fight? Uh, I mean, basically, you covered it pretty nicely. Overeem was absolutely dominant in that second round. Harris, like Harris spent the first part of it 
basically trying to recover. The second he was on the ground, I knew he was too tired. When he got the hooks in, yeah, that was it. You knew that was it. Harris wasn't even getting up before that because, like I said before, like Overeem is just such a big dude. It's so hard to like. It's hard to get up when someone's on your back as is. When you have yeah. a two hundred fifty pound man on your back, it's that much more difficult. So when he threw that first leg in, I'm like, oh no! And then yeah. he and then he got the second one in and sprawled him out. That's when you knew it was done. Harris just didn't have a response to it. He didn't have an ability to get up. And there was way way too much time on the clock for him to recover. Yeah. So that's that's one of the reasons why I thought it went on just like a little bit too long because it was it was like 20 minutes of head strikes. The ref- Referee gave Walt Harris every as much opportunity as I've ever seen given to a fighter to get out of a position. It was given to Walt Harris. And I think a lot of it had to do with everything going into this fight because any other fight, I think that fight would have been stopped more so when you thought it was should, should have been stopped and I thought it should have been stopped. But given the gravity of everything that happened, I think he wanted to give him every opportunity to get out of there. Yeah. Um, but just as like a human being, like what did you think about that fight? Like at the end, like what were like what were your thoughts when Walt? Because here's the thing: I'm a fucking Overeem fan, right? I know yeah. Walt Harris a little bit from just his stint in the UFC, but I've been a fan of Overeem for years. But it was so hard to to root for Overeem in this fight. Yeah, I was definitely rooting for Harris. I'm not yeah necessarily an Overeem fan. Like I don't know Overeem from Harris really. Yeah, I've seen Overeem fight, but maybe like one, once, maybe twice. Yeah. So between the two guys, like I was definitely emotionally, I was like definitely behind Harris 100. percent It kind of sucked to see him lose, yeah. but at the same time, it is what it is. They were both looking good. Harris took a ton of damage. He wears damage really well. Mm. He did not look bruised and battered what you would expect someone to come out of a fight no. like that looking Overeem like. was all chewed up. He had a, a bunch of cuts on his on his face. His eyebrow was all chewed up too. Well, I, uh, for a half a second I thought they were going to stop because of that. His yeah. when he, when he got up his the cut was pretty bad, dude. It was yeah. bad. It wasn't going into his eye, which is yeah. the main concern at that point. Um what did you think about Walt Harris's uh speech at afterwards? Uh I have trouble watching those things, so I paused it and then I turned on Family Guy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he basically thanked everybody that helped him through all the times. And, you know, his community, his coaches, the UFC said that they were, you know, phenomenal throughout the whole thing. And he said, like, you know, this isn't going to get me deterred. Like, I'm going to be back, which I think was like it, it almost not that it made it OK, but it made it easier to watch him lose saying that afterwards. Like he wasn't saying, like, I got to go back and think about things and. You know, maybe I'm going to do this. Like, he was like, no, this is what I'm doing. Like, this isn't going to deter me. Like, it doesn't matter that I lost kind of a thing. Like, I'm going to I'm going to come back. I'm going to be better. Yeah, he's down, but he's not out. And you know what? I'm excited to have another um, high level fighter in the heavyweight division. I like throwing new names in there just to, like, spice things up a little bit. So I'm excited to have him back. I can't wait to see him fight again. That's the whole of my story. Yeah. So. um, So, yeah. Any final thoughts on. on this i'm happy ufc is back i hope they pull something out of their ass and we don't have to wait till june 6th for another fight but if that has to be the case that has to be the case yeah i i I agree i hope they they pull a rabbit out of the hat i just hope that either it's not in florida with these (laughs) judges or it's in florida without these judges so next next time it might be fight island wherever the fuck that is yeah it's like a big secret yeah it is a big secret yeah Fight Island. It's like Dr. Monroe's Island. It's going to be doing all kinds of experiments out there. That's where they, that's where they make the ovaries. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of ovarium test tube babies going around right now. Dude, uh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. 
So, um, all right, man, why don't you talk us out? All right, guys, let us know what you thought of this past weekend's fights in the comments down below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Hit that little bell notification so you make sure you get all of our videos. Last but not least, go to BroDownPro.com for all your cool-ass BroDown gear. You can wear or see us wearing some of that shit right now, even my beautiful cardboard copycat. Uh, <laughs> Dude, when I was talking before, I was staring intensely into your cardboard eyes. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to rip that motherfucker's head off and take the seat. I can't wait. Uh, I think that about wraps us up. We'll catch you guys next time. Later, bitches. You're listening to Bro Down Podcast all fucking day. Oh.